You know what the best part about talking about the movies is? You're always sure to have a real good time. This is the Veteran Wargamer. This is the Veteran Wargamer. Welcome to episode 12. I'm your host, Jay Arnold. In this episode, I'm starting a new series with Dave Tubbs. We're calling it Top Faves with Dave. It'll be our periodic musings on various gaming-related topics. This time around, we discuss our favorite movies that inspire us to game. As always, The Veteran Wargamer is brought to you by King's Hobbies and Games. As you know, King's Hobbies and Games is your source for fine hobby and modeling supplies. Of course, they are the only source for special artisan service 3D printed models. The latest addition to the web store is a selection of buildings from Carentan, Normandy, scaled to 6mm. Now, just because Tim has this particular set at 6mm on his website doesn't mean that that is the only scale that you can get these models. Uh, just with it, just like with any of the other special artisan service products, if you don't see the scale you want, drop Tim a line and see if he can get it rescaled into any scale or size that suits your gaming needs. That's the beauty of 3D printing. You can check out this set and many other products at kingshobbiesandgames.com. That's kingshobbiesandgames.com. Up next, Top Phase with Dave goes to the movies. And we are back. Uh, this is going to be the inaugural episode of a new series that I'm calling Top Faves with Dave. And to have a show with that kind of a title, i got to have a Dave. So welcome back, Dave Tubbs. Well, thank you, Jay. Um, back by popular demand, I might say. I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Axis and Aliens out there, my biggest fan. Trying to get me to top billing, and I really do appreciate it, buddy. Um, keep, keep a lookout, because I'm coming. Well, I'm here now. Yes, indeed. And it's kind of fitting that this being episode 12, and, of course, you know, that's a dozen. And, of course, we're talking... Dirty Dozen, one of my favorite World War II movies, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about movies that inspire us to game. So I think basically what we're looking to do in this episode is Dave and I each drew up a list of five movies that inspire us to game in one in one way or another. Uh, we've also done a little bit of thinking about the type of the type of game we'd want to play based on that movie. Uh, the rules that we might use, and some figure lines that would help us recreate those movies in some respect on the gaming table. And then just just for fun, we went ahead and took a look at some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the cut, but they we think they deserve uh, deserve mention as well. So, Dave, how how do you think, or how do you think you you did with getting your list together? Well, I don't know, man. This was actually more the idea. Let me start there. The idea I liked a lot, but when I sat down with pencil and paper, you know, and started writing them down, I quickly realized that I wanted to write a list of just the best war movies ever. Right. And, uh, which for me was the big red one, 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 um, <laughs> which I was in, I might add, which actually, all joking aside, is a really strange movie. Um, have you ever seen it? Of course I've seen it. You've seen the big red one, okay? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Mark? Was it Mark? Mess up, Mark Hamill. Yeah, it's Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. It's yeah. Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah. Narrating. What was that? Lee Marvin. Mm-hmm. Narrating Lee Marvin 
um, picking up a human testicle and throwing it aside while making it a joke. Well, it's it's typical of the gallows humor that I'm sure you've you've witnessed plenty of in your own adventures in the in the army. Well, sure, yeah, it's, uh, it's perfectly fitting. Yeah, um, I probably, I mean, I'm not gonna. I forget who the director is, but he is a master director, so it's kind of hard to say eh, he made some dumb decisions. I'm generally not a fan of narration in movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take a look at the the various versions of uh, Blade Runner. And in my opinion, the the versions without narration are far and above better than the theatrical release, which had uh, narration uh, by Harrison Ford. But what if Luke Skywalker narrated Blade Runner? <laughs> That's the question. I mean, from this point on, I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I was in the First Infantry Division, right? And I had I knew that movie existed, and I knew I needed to see it. And right. um, I finally saw it. And <laughs> besides, like it's it's an watching it now. It's it's kind of an odd movie. It really is. It's just scenes of GIs running into fields and falling over, mm-hmm. interspersed with like really weird kind of kitschy humor with Luke Skywalker and everything the whole thing. Um, but from now on, man, I think all movies could probably be made better. Now that I've seen that with Mark Hamill narrating them, um, so. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one. That's the way to go. I was going to say, I took us off topic. Sorry about that. Uh, that's all right. It, no, we're, I mean, it. we're talking about, I'm sure there's someone out here, out there who's listening who says, hey, yeah, uh, Big Red 1 is total inspiration for me to, to game, and that's completely valid. So it's it's not oh. off topic. It's just, uh, it's just a tangent. So <laughs> Yeah. You that's wanna... actually not on my list, though. Oh, I know. I know. That's okay. <laughs> Why don't you start, because I like your number five. I like your okay, number yeah. five a lot, and I think I agree Good. with you quite a bit. So why don't you give us your number five? Okay, my number five. You ready? Hold up. Some Foley work. Did you hear that? Is that coming through? The Foley work is coming through, but will not okay. make the episode. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number five. Now, again, like some of these movies, man, again, I had to, I had to like, <clears throat> weigh and decide. Did I want big battles? Did I want skirmish stuff? But... Overall, when I when you told me to make a list of the five best movies that made me want a game, I thought this one popped right to mind. It's not the best movie, but it's definitely a good movie. I like the remake. I think it's good. And I'm talking about the remake here, not the original. I'm talking right. about Dread. Yes. Futuristic, uh, dystopian, author- authoritarian Judge Dread. Um, talking about the new one. I don't know who that actor is, so you can't see his face. Carl Urban. I'm sorry? Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Um, again, not talking about Stallone and... <laughs> Who's the co-star of the old Judge Dredd? Uh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Well, I do love... <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider would have made the new Dredd a little bit better, I think. I don't know. <laughs> hey, say, anyway. what, say what you will about the original about the original Dredd. It did have Max, Max Van Sydow. Yeah. Sure, yeah. The, you had crazy religious cannibals trying to eat Rob Snyder in that movie. I mean, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> the 90s for you, man. That's But yeah, the 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 remake of Dread or the reboot, however yeah. you want to call it, I'm with you 100%. Um, I right. would love to do something along those lines. And in fact, watching that has actually kind of inspired my sci-fi skirmish project that I want to do someday. Yeah. Well, you you and that actually 
your project is tied into Rogue Star, which is actually, for this movie, the rule sets that came to mind were, first of all, of course, the Drudge Dread system that uh, Warlord Games makes, which I have not been able to play. No one will get into it with me. Nobody cares. It's just one of those things that I would like to do, don't mm-hmm. have the ability to do. Right. But on, on this, uh, aside from that, uh, that feel, that general like urban dystopian, everything's horrible feel is uh, you can find in Necromunda and what I, I believe Rogue Star as well. And your your thing is with Rogue Star, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Uh, actually, I'm using uh, a hybrid of Necromunda and 2nd Edition 40K. Oh, well, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, so it's, it's, right, it's right in line there. Warlord did some figures. Uh, Foundry did some figures for actual Judge Dredd uh, yeah. models. Well, of course, there's the other Judge Dread game by Mongoose Publishing also, and I'm not, I'm not really familiar with with it. I do understand, however, that uh, like Necromunda, you could you could advance your characters with uh, different characteristics and yeah. and statistics. And of course, the I got to think the miniatures are still out there on the secondary market. Um, like I yeah. mentioned earlier, Foundry also had Judge Dread figures. So, mm-hmm. and actually, you just if you can find the Necromunda figures, yeah, they would are, work. They would work well, you know. I, honestly, uh, any of those kind of translate over to uh, each other. In fact, if you want to go, you want if if you want to like homebrew Judge Dread figures, not go Warlords route. Um, GW made some old Arbites figures. Uh, oh yeah, for Necromunda. And those, man, I'm surprised there's not copyright infringement going on there. Uh, <laughs> because they look exactly oh, yeah. like dressed up. Um, yeah. Now, um, you could also do, and I'll mention these miniatures in the future also, um, or down the line here as we're talking, the future Warriors figures that Mark Copplestone uh, made for Grenadier, sculpted for Grenadier, yeah. and his own Copplestone castings, Future Wars figures... Uh, which are similar but not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, those would work real well. the The older Grenadier castings are available now through a British company called EM4, mm-hmm. and uh, they are. It's arguably my favorite miniatures range ever. Period. Bar none. Really? Full stop. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna Google that right now. Yeah, I've got a I've got a number of the troopers. Um, actually, I might have. I want to say I've probably got about 95% of the castings that are in that range. Really? Yeah, they've got all sorts of characterful characters. They've got a rock band. They've got a a, a TV news team. Uh, really? Yeah, scavengers, uh, rebel types, um, street toughs, uh, robots, you know, armed robots, Terminator-type robots. Okay. So, yeah, those, those figures would work great as well. And... Mm. Um, it's just a matter of getting the right, getting the right rules, and you got to get the right terrain. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah with with a, a dense, you know, we're not talking. You're going to have multiple buildings. We're talking. Your game table will be a floor a or building. two of a yeah. building. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I particularly liked about Necromunda specifically. Besides, as you mentioned, growing the character. That uh, man, there's so much stuff on the table, and it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like a lot of stuff on the table. Uh, games I tend to play now, we end up playing with like this green felt is a big forest, uh, right? Which is fun, you know. But there are certain, there are certain uh, kind of perverse pleasure to be taken in setting up way too much stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, 
and trying desperately to use it because when you have all that stuff you have to use it or you'll get used by it you know right uh, and uh necromonde and those games definitely let you do that um but on uh, rogue star I'm, I'm about to start playing um i have not started playing it yet but from the look at the rules it is so customizable yeah that you could use damn near i'll skip my language i'm sorry no you could fine. use any model almost made for any game absolutely you yeah. get to create your own characters in fact i'm thinking about using a um an orc from the new Blood Bowl set. That's oh, just yeah. a guy in that game. Because those models are beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of adding... Well, you could make some... Speaking of the new Blood Bowl figures, you can make some uh, judges real quick from the human figures by, you know, give them a gun and you're done. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's keep moving. Let's move on to I'm the sorry. next movie. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, my number five is Last of the Mohicans. Now, it's definitely a classier pick than mine. That's a, hey, it's not about classes, about what it's about what interests us and influences us. And that's a great movie. When I saw it, it shocked me. I was like, "Oh, that's a, that's that's a good choice." Honestly, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's my Daniel Day Lewis now. Um, oh yeah, the and you've got a, a variety of different fights that you can do in that. You've got individual melee battles between for example uh, Chingachgook and Malgua uh, you know if you've got some one on one duel type games mm-hmm. uh, you can do some I don't want a smaller battle larger skirmish for lack of a better term uh, yeah. like the ambush when they were uh, rich, when the British were retreating from Fort William Henry mm-hmm. uh, you've got that going on you've got the siege of Fort all, William Henry as well. This all takes well. place in the French and Indian War, right? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. It's set all in right. in northern uh, upstate New York, but it was mm. filmed mostly in uh, North Carolina. Okay. And as for rules, I'd probably go with, uh, for the skirmish type stuff, I'd probably go with uh, Howard Whitehouse's Flint and Feather. Um. Uh, just because uh, it sounds like the type of game I haven't played Flint and Feather yet, but it sounds like a type of game I'd like to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the open battles or the siege, um, I'd probably go with Shot, Steel, and Stone. Yeah. Uh, primarily due to my, you know, I've already got it, so why reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... Now for the figures, uh, William Britton's makes a gorgeous, gorgeous line of 54 millimeter pre-painted figures. They run about 30 bucks a piece. But mm. they are definitely worth it. Now, how uh, tall is how big is fifty-four millimeters? Just a little over two inches. Okay. So roughly, you know, if you made model kits when you were a kid, the roughly one thirty-fifth scale, one thirty-second okay. or one thirty-fifth somewhere in there. Uh, okay. just, they're just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you could also do. There's plenty of twenty-eight millimeter lines out there for uh, your French and your English. Uh, yeah. Your settlers and your uh, Huron or or Mohicans or Mohawk. No, no I, I did have a question about this. Um, yeah, if, I, if I'm buying 28 English from this time period, this is kind of a, like me geeking out. Forgive me. Um, no, please. That's what the whole, <laughs> that's what the whole show's about. 28 millimeter English up for use in your last of the Mohican game. Mm-hmm. Can I? I mean, how how far in the future is that going to extend? Is that going to go into the the revolution, you know what I mean? Uh, if you're gaming with me, yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. If you're gaming with a, a rivet counter, then they might get their panties in a wad because there were some different uh, uniform regulations that came out during that time period. Okay. And um, 
strictly speaking, uh, well, I'm not an expert on the period by any means, but yeah. you know, some some rivet counter will probably take exception, but they'd be good enough in, on my table. Okay, fair enough. I, I'll be honest. Um, I get kind of like that with my stuff. I want my stuff to look to be correct. You know right. what I mean? Um, I'm less hardcore about people who I'm playing with, mm-hmm. but for some reason I get OCD about my stuff, you know? And, right. uh, but, um, no, okay, I guess I'd have to look that up. But um, And I guess the, the Native American miles are pretty much standard. I don't know yeah. up until what point. I can't uh, speak well, to that um, at all. Yeah, it's, I would think it'd be as soon as they stop using flintlock yeah. uh, muskets. So Wait, now, I, I got a question for you on this. Yeah. Um, do you know of any just like I got a skirmish game that would include the Iroquois I mean I know of a couple like cowboy and Indian games but nothing larger scale than like very small skirmish that would include models like that um well the flint and feather rules are are designed to be kind of the Great Lakes tribes okay you know from the Huron all the way over to the Iroquois and Ojibwa I'm gonna write that down yeah flint and feather so with that Let's yeah. move on to number four. I'll go first on number four, and I'm talking Gladiator. Okay. Gladiator's uh, okay. Gladiator, um, I saw it twice in the theater, and that's you will definitely know if I like a movie if I see it twice in the theater, because it's very rare that I do so, but I did see Gladiator twice in the theater. Rules, I gotta go... Well, again, we're talking you can do two different types of games. You can do something akin to the opening battle scene, a full-on force-on-force type battle, and then you get everything shown afterwards all the all the gladiator fights and that sort of thing mm-hmm. so again I'm, I'm kind of double dipping on this one again but it's my show I'll do what I want <laughs> so for rules of course I'm a commands and colors freak so I'll do commands and colors epic ancients that's the full eight eight player experience um, although I'd like to try out uh, another game from two fat lardies called Augustus to Aurelian uh, okay. it takes a pretty it takes an it takes an interesting approach to ancients gaming in that it focuses on that roughly 250 year period between yeah. Augustus and Aurelian. So rather than trying to fit 3,000 years of history into one yeah. rule set, they're laser focused on those 250 years or so. Now, uh, I know you were a classics major, so wait, fill me in. Uh, I know a little bit. I got a I got a rough outline, but what's going on? Uh, but Claudius is taking over England. Yeah, so Claudius is already has already done and gone. I yeah. mean, if you're talking about the time frame of of the movie Gladiator. No, no, Augustus to Aurelian. Well, Augustus uh, is well before Claudius. Yeah. I mean, Augustus Claudius is right after. Yeah, yeah, Augustus is right after Julius Caesar. Yeah. Julius Caesar, Augustus, and then Tiberius, Caligula, then Claudius. And then you go from there. Yeah, Nero, yeah. Okay. And then it goes on from there. And then you get into AD 69, which is the year of four emperors, which is a real fun time to... Because you can do all kinds of Civil War type fighting with that real easy. Yeah. And then, you know, it just goes from there. Things things start getting less and less Roman in more and more other countries. Yeah. You know, because you get more and more, uh, well, non-Italians ascending to the throne and uh, increased reliance on non-Italian uh, forces in the army and, and such. But for this particular project, for figures, um, since I already have some and I love them so much, the Foundry Early Imperial Romans, they're okay. easily my favorite 
early Imperial Roman. They're what I call Hollywood Romans with the with the rectangular shields and the yeah big big square big rectangle shield yeah big, two three feathers on the on the helmet. Well, not not the feathers. Those are it'd be the crests for uh, centurions and up. Yeah, that's that's just what I would go with. I've also yeah. got. Back a six millimeter, uh, since I already have a bunch painted, and it would be perfect for commands and colors, ancients. So, six millimeter sounds so small. About a quarter inch. I've never played with it. Um, About a quarter inch. So, um, yeah. If I uh, well, next time you come up, uh, we'll we'll be sure to get some six mil stuff out, and you can play with it, and it's it's a good time because. The great thing about six mil figures is that it really looks like a battle. You know, the the larger figures I've heard just you know many people have described in the past as you know twenty guys taking a flag out for a walk. Yeah. Well, or, fair enough. Yeah, I got you. Whereas a a force made out of six mil figures, now that that looks like an army. Yeah. So, but for no, the t- I just I just googled it, and you know what? The first thing that popped up, it, it's a very large battle line, and I I understand what you're saying. You know? Yeah. I, I cannot fathom painting that. <laughs> well, that's that's a situation where you paint the you paint the unit, not the man. Yeah. Uh, gladiator fights for the gladiator fights. Probably looking at a rule set called Jugula. I've heard good things about it, and mm-hmm. I'd use foundry figures again. Uh, those were uh, sculpted by a dude named uh, Steve Sala. Just really nice range, and pretty much you can get all the major uh, major fighter types. So you're number four. My number four. Now, this was, uh, I felt ethically obligated to pick a World War II movie. Yeah. Um, for a number of reasons. Um, not least of which is I have a, a World War II army, mm-hmm. which have big red ones on their shoulders. Um, but I did not pick the big red one. I picked a movie that made me want to go out and smash Nazis. I picked Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Now, Inglorious Bastards is not so much a lot of combat going on in that movie. If if I wanted a great combat movie about World War II, I'd pick Fury. Not only Fury. Thank you, Mr. Was that Pat? Yeah, Pat Gilliland. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Pat, that has something to say about Fury. Come at me, bro. Uh, hit me on a Twitter at the Veteran Wargamer. Send all your complaints there. Um, but no, I picked Inglorious Bastards because I if if there was a movie that made me want to play. Um, an American force that that shot a bunch of Nazi Germans. Uh, it would be this movie, and um, I don't know. It, it, that, that's his magnus opus. That's going to go down as his best movie of, uh, ever made. Oh, okay. I don't know about that, but name me a better movie that he made. A better movie? I think Pulp Fiction yeah. is a much better movie than Inglorious. No, Bastards. no. Okay, Pulp Fiction is a very good movie. No, I I think that Pulp Fiction is that is his apex. You think it's all downhill since Pulp Fiction? It's it's a slow decline, but it is a decline since Pulp Fiction. To be honest, no, with no you. way. I I think Pulp Fiction is like the best of his like, how do I put that? His um, his amateur phase, like mm. his breaking in phase. He is. I'm a guy that used to work at a movie rental place, and I've got great idea phase. Inglorious Bastards is, I'm a filmmaker phase. I mean, just the visuals in that movie. Beginning with the comically large pipe, and from the not scene to begin, oh man, everything about that movie is just great. Hey, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. It is and a I'm fantastic to... movie. I will agree with you, and I think we're, I think we're talking a, you know, it's a matter of degrees between yeah. which is better. I mean, because in my opinion, Pulp Fiction is probably like a, you know, a ninety-seven or a ninety-eight percent. 
and Inglorious yeah. Bastards is like a 94. So okay. I mean, we're we're talking minute differences here. So yeah, but okay. not wanting to digress further, let's continue yeah. with our discussion of Inglorious Bastards yeah. alone. Oh yeah, well, I'll leave that alone. I'll say that um, I mean, the games World War Two games are I mean a dime a dozen to be frank. Um, I've got two written down that um I'm gonna I'm either playing or I'm about to start playing, and you've got a World War Two movie coming, so I'm gonna let you pick up on. Uh, pick up from there but my two games are bolt action which i play which uh, everyone should know by now it's um i believe created by a guy who used to work with the 40k crowd yes um it's um 25 millimeter 28 millimeter really quick easy rule set especially if you play 40k or warhammer at all um d6s you get you get a ton of dice and you get to roll them all and you get to have the fun writing an army list and you get to have fun Painting the models, and past that, I am really interested in what War and Warlords um, Conflict Forty Two game. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's basically bolt action with uh, big stompy robots and werewolves and, and super zombies. science and all that. Yeah. Oh yes, perfect. Why? That's like the marriage of everything wonderful in the world, right? Um, but the great thing about that is, is if you have a bolt action army. It's designed specifically to just be able to buy the big stompy robot and put it in the army, and now you got a conflict conflict forty two army. Yeah, forty seven. Forty seven. Oh yeah. no. Well, yeah. Sorry about that. Forty seven. Okay. And, yep. and it it seems wonderful. I just got to get someone to buy the big stompy robot. Yeah. Um But as far as the figures go, there's one company you're going to hear me talk about a lot, and it's Old Glory, because as I mentioned the last time I was on your podcast. Um, that my little group has like some kind of weird membership, so we get like forty percent off to Old Glory. So if I'm buying if I'm buying models, I'm buying one cheap from Old Glory. Sure. And um, that doesn't necessarily always happen well because some of those models, man, do not look good. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. In fact, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later with a different movie. But um, if you stick to models and lines that people play a lot, like World War Two, like Romans. I think that maybe his molds are better because he replaces them more. But if you buy something kind of weird, like let's say you want to go buy early Carolingian Franks, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. Because I don't know how old that mold is, and I don't know, like, he probably made that in the 60s, and um, it's just not going to come out good. If you want good quality World War II models in this scale, well, Warlord has, has good stuff and it's cheap. It's not expensive on right. plastic. It looks good, easy to paint, you know? Right. Especially that time period. You spray them green, throw some ink on them, highlight them, you're done. Pretty much, yep. So, let's get into number three. Yep. My number three is going to be Stalingrad. Now, there are two movies out called Stalingrad. One was released in 1993 and is a German production. And there was one released in 2013 and is a Russian production. I'm talking about the 1993 German production. Uh, the movie follows a combat engineer company. They're finishing up North Africa. They redeploy to Sicily. And then, basically, they get on a boat and a train. Next thing you know, they're in Russia. And things go downhill from there. A uh, very evocative movie. Very. Uh, it, it's always interesting seeing Germans talk about their own history like this. Um they're it's kind of I don't know how to describe it there are quite a few battle scenes uh, very very brutal battle scenes uh, not just in the city proper but also on the outskirts 
Uh, there's one scene in particular where it's in the winter time and uh, these engineers get dashed together into a into a an ad hoc formation with some anti tank guns and some infantry and they try to pull off a an armor ambush and things just go downhill from there. But uh, for me, for this type of level uh, in the city at least, I'd probably do chain of command or even big chain of command. Again, one of those games where you're gonna have a lot of stuff on the table. Any any type of Stalingrad game, you're normally gonna again unless you're on the outskirts, you're gonna have a lot of stuff on the table. Uh, there yep. are a number of 15 millimeter figure companies out there that are going to fit the bill. Uh, mine are Flames of War figures. I've already got my Germans painted. My Soviets, mm. I need to get painted up. So that wouldn't be too hard to, to make happen. The hard part there, of course, would be the train. And yeah. the good thing is. bombed out buildings, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the good thing is there are a number of iconic buildings, like, like the main department store, uh, a couple mm. of the different f- named. Uh, factories that a number of companies do make in 15 mil, so that would not be a problem at all. Now, for the larger uh, battle scene uh, on the outskirts with the that armor ambush I mentioned, I'd probably do a, another set of rules called I Ain't Been Shot Mum. That's a larger scale game. And I've seen some really cool stuff online with some folks using 6mm with I Ain't Been Shot Mum. And if you're talking six millimeter, the best of the best is GHQ, and mm. they're just fantastic stuff. But I see that back at six millimeter is is releasing World War II infantry now, so that they'd be worth looking at. So that leads us to your number three, which well, is well. First off, I w- I had this whole joke lined up right mm-hmm. for your German movie about Stalingrad and how depressing that movie had to be yeah and i had this whole thing about johnny got his gun and donald donald sullivan playing jesus and how crazy that is in that movie until you mentioned that there are two <laughs> movies called stalingrad mm-hmm. one is made by germans right and the other is made by russians right and only and i and I, immediately the johnny got his gun stuff immediately went out the window and i thought i can't imagine what a russian movie about stalingrad <laughs> looks like um I'm going to have to look this up. What year was this made? 2013. 2013. Have you seen it? I have not. Okay. I'm going to have to watch this. When, I, when I'm in the mood for like a, a pick-me-up, I'm going <laughs> to look up the Russian Stalingrad movie. I Googled it, and the first image that popped up is a guy setting another guy on fire with a flamethrower. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to look this up. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jay. Um, to my movie. Okay. <clears throat> Number three for me. I picked this because, not even picked this, I mean, this was going to be here, but um, I needed to counterweight your international German movie. So I picked the <laughs> the classic golden age of Hollywood, 1938 Beau Jest. Okay. Bam. Now, uh, this is a movie about the French Foreign Legion, specifically three brothers that decide to uh, steal a jewel and run off and do the, the French Foreign Legion thing, which is um, get in trouble at home, run away, join the Legion, fight some um, some Berbers in North Africa. Um, things go bad. A couple of the brothers die. They knife a sergeant, burn down the fort, and go back home. Well, one of them does. Um, one of them makes it. I have had... I'm from... You know this. I'm from southern Louisiana, born and raised. My mother spent a good portion of her childhood in Algeria 
Um, I used to hear stories about the French Foreign Legion. I've been, <laughs> I've had a thing for this this line and this movie and uh, the narrative for quite a long time. So when I got into toy soldiers and all that stuff, I've always wanted to play French Foreign Legion uh, models and games. And um, this movie, while somewhat cheesy, is very easy to get into and kind of get you in that mode. And there are a couple of games that are, are kind of tailored for this. Three off offhand. Um, one one that I can think of is called um, Sons of the Desert. Now, this is a rule set that I'm not sure anybody has seen outside of like 15 dudes from the 70s. It's just one of these feels like a homebrew book. I'm not sure. I got it from a, a guy in my gaming group he, that he just had. Um, it's a it's a quick little game that um, the model's abilities are determined by like the, a bigger die. So like your more experienced guy rolls a D12 instead of a D6. You know what I mean? One of those okay. kind of games. Sure. It's fun. It's quick and it's easy. And because it's so small and there's so few rules, it's it's easy to get guys playing. Right. Um, that makes sense? Absolutely. On top of that, there are two kind of newer games that I've been getting into, and I love to, to uh, pull out the French Foreign Legion models for. One is a... Um, they're both actually... No, one is an Osprey game mm -hmm. called The Men Who Would Be King. Okay. Have you played this? I have not. It's, um, it's in the line of those old colonial games okay. where you've got... Well, essentially, white Europeans and indigenous people. And right. It's it's a it's to be fair, the book is kind of difficult. Uh, it doesn't appear like much work was put into editing this thing. Mm -hmm. But the the rule set is is pretty concise and is pretty maneuverable. Uh, pretty that's not a good word. It's pretty um. Flexible. That's okay. a better word. Sure. You can do a lot with it. You, you can put guys on the table, and you can create your own scenario, and you can adjust your guys and make them your own in a way that other games don't really let you without getting enormously complicated. Okay. So I really do appreciate that about this game. And plus, its, it's scale is fairly small. You might put down, depending on who you're playing. If you're playing Zulus, you're putting a ton of guys on the table. You might put well, down yeah. 50. Um but if you're playing French Foreign Legion, you might put down 30. Okay. Um, so it's not that huge of an, uh, a money sink to get into. Um, and plus, you get to play the French Foreign Legion guys with the cool capis, the weird-looking hats, and, like, you know, the fun rifles and the blue, big blue coats. Or you get to play the, I don't know, the, the English with the pith helmets in, in India. It's, it's right. a fun game. Right. Um, beyond that game, there's another game that I'm really getting into now called Congo. And okay. um, it is a very small skirmish game, maybe six models. And um, you play the French Foreign Legion in that game as well, except that game is centered more around Sub-Saharan Africa. So you're playing a specific kind of French Foreign Legion, which is Madagascar era, you know. Okay. Uh, but before I completely geek out on the French Foreign Legion, I talk about models. Again, you know, the place that I've been getting mine, and I'm actually very disappointed with it, is Old Glory. Now, I said that you got to typically, when buying Old Glory, look for ranges that sell well. I'm here to assure you that the French Foreign Legion range does not sell well. These guys look horrible. Like, you have compressed faces, you have hands that are way too big, you've got guys that look like they have diseases, to be honest with you. And it's just, um, it's not a pleasure to paint, I'll say that. Uh, and when you put them down, it's just not a lot of fun. Plus, add to that, I don't paint 
the color white very well. Yeah. So it makes this whole endeavor um, an act of uh, masochism for me. Being that I love the the era and I love the the time frame and like the narrative of this or the French Poor Legion so much that I had these models that look so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it kind of it's kind of heartbreaking, but you know, at least I can get to play with them. Right. Okay. That's number three, Bo Jeff. Okay, Bo Jess, number three. And let's go ahead and roll into your number two. My number two, okay. Oh, I love this movie. Are you ready for this? Hit me. 13 Assassins, bam. Okay. Have you seen this? 13 have... Assassins is a, um, what's up? I have not. Samurai movie. I'm the only one with a samurai movie on here. Samurai, it's a samurai movie, They uh, to make it very quick, evil evil Japanese warlord needs to be killed but the people can't kill him the samurai can't kill him unless they'll have to die for it so forth so on um, they set up an ambush where 13 of them have to attack and defeat uh, an entourage of about 200 people and it is as over the top as samurai movie meets kung fu movie can be okay. and, and there's even like a, a wayward Japanese demon that comes to help them and it's it's just a lot of fun. It's a fun, uh, fun action movie, and uh, it really gets you in the mood to play, you know, the lone Japanese superhero because that's essentially what he is, right? Okay. And, um, it's a ton of fun. Um, the rule set that I play samurai with is a game called Ronin. It's another game mm-hmm. from Osprey. You know how Osprey makes all those weird games, right? Um, they typically, from what I understand, they buy other people's games and they just publish them real quick in those little books. And Ronin is one of those games. Yeah, and um, their, it does that. It was one of their first ones. Was it? If I'm not mistaken. It was, well, it was maybe not one of their first, but certainly one of their earlier ones. It's, it's a fun game. Um, it, um, it gives you, it lets you play uh, Japanese monks, it lets you play peasants, any and pirates. It, there's a lot of variability in the game. And even if you play just standard samurai, you can um, outfit them with different weaponry. Now, some of the mechanics are kind of kind of off, if you ask me. It's like the weaponry mechanics are kind of off. But you know, if you if you go into it with the idea that you want to have this over-the-top gaming experience that's not too serious, it's a good game. It really is. Okay, I like it. Um, I haven't run into many other samurai games though well i'm gonna go ahead and mention one if you don't mind it was a game that came out in the late 90s and it's called uh it's called clan war it's based off of the legends of the five rings card game but turned into a mass battle fantasy war game and it's got everything you're talking about you know you've got your ninjas you've got your samurai you've got your ashigaru various types you've got uh, demons of all shapes and sizes. Uh, it's got it all. It was a really neat system. I bought into it big when it came out. Unfortunately, I've since sold my figures and rules on, but you can find it online. You can find it on eBay for not a lot of money. Um, okay, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, Clan War by AEG. Now, granted, many of the samurai figures get a little bit crazy because it is a fantasy game. But yeah. the standard basic samurai that came in the uh, box starter set are some of the finest samurai figures I've ever seen. Okay. And just a really neat game. And even if even if you weren't going to use those rules, 
uh, it's it's well worth your time to look for those figures because they're still out there. Yeah. Uh, you may not, you know, obviously you're not going to get them from a retail store anymore at this point for, you know, crying out loud. I mean, the game came out, you know, 17, 18 years ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're out there. You can find them. Clan War. Look it up. Okay. I will. So that brings us to my number two. Your number two. My number two. Uh, the Not the only sci-fi movie on the list, but the most recent sci-fi movie on the list, and that is Rogue One. I really enjoyed Rogue One in the theater. I'll probably watch it again and again and again and again and again when I get it on Blu-ray. Um, I it, haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it. Um, well, you can the, spoil it for me, though. I'm pretty sure somebody dies, right? That's one way of putting it, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> base, well, it ends with kind of a Dirty Dozen type of raid on, on an Imperial planet. There's something about a crystal skull and aliens in a volcano, right? Yes, exactly. And okay. um, there's a lot of gaming potential there. Um, mm. As far as... And, and I mentioned that not just the the scene at the end, the battle scene at the end, but there are there's another battle scene. It's kind of a well, it'd actually be real familiar to anybody who's deployed Afghanistan or Iraq for that matter. Uh, it's a, basically an ambush in an urban area, and mm-hmm. very evocative of of that type of situation. As far as rules, I would probably use now. This is a an Osprey production, but it was made by Ambush Alley, and that's uh, Tomorrow's War. And I would probably add in some minor modifications based on the special ops book that Ambush Alley put out for Force on Force. Well, what is Tomorrow's War? Tomorrow's War is a science fiction platoon level game where you're playing a platoon leader. You've got a couple of squads and fire teams as your force. Okay. And uh, I've got kind of an open appointment, for lack of a better term, with uh, Sean and Robbie of Ambush Alley to talk about uh, ambush alley and what's coming up next for them but uh no it's a sci-fi game it's okay. it's marked by how your forces can interact with the enemy and it's it's predicated on uh, asymmetric warfare okay and well I shouldn't say predicated but it, it it handles asymmetric warfare a little bit better than most other games I've seen yeah. just in how if you're the for lack of a better term, the insurgent force, you know, you may not have the training, you may not have the equipment, but you've got the terrain on your side, basically. Yeah. And there's some things that you can do to uh, keep the regular forces on their toes and 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 work work things out to your advantage. Uh, the other rule set I'd probably use is an, an old, old one called Star Grunt. And okay. for a long time, it's been my favorite uh, sci-fi uh, sci-fi infantry rules and it remains so it's uh, it does some things that few other games do it, it handles command and control ex- extremely well and you end up making a lot of the same decisions mm-hmm. that a platoon leader would really have to make and that's really what I'm looking for in most games so yeah, I platoon do. Platoon level control. Right. Really? Oh yeah. And I don't know. I like um the array of the forces, man. I do. Well, that's fair. 
But uh, uh, as for figures, uh, Fantasy Flight's doing a good thing with Imperial Assault. They've got a ton of different figures available uh, from all sorts of different rebels and and uh, scoundrels and scum that you could use for for your rebel force. And of course, they've got storm all all types of stormtroopers. But they would need to come out with the more specialized stormtrooper types that were on that are seen in that movie. And I don't yeah. I don't think that they've come out with those yet. You know, you've got your standard, usual, typical Imperial Stormtroopers. You've got your Desert Troopers. I think they've got Scout and Snow Troopers out. So, yeah. I mean, the the options there, of course, uh, I think it was... I'm trying to remember if it was WizKids or Wizards of the Coast that came out with a pre-painted Star Wars figure game at some point. So you could always use those figures as well. And they'll be close enough in size to work. Uh, the old, old, old West End Games RPG figures, those were true 25s and are going to be a little on the small side for that to work. But then again, you know, worst comes to worst, you get a big enough table, you can use the three and a half inch action figures also. (laughs) Okay. You know, that's that's an option and hey, they're already painted. (laughs) I was about to ask, is there, I think you, you kind of touched on it, but is there an actual like miniature Star Wars game? That seems to me like... Oh, yeah. Um, there is? Yeah. Well, there's the... Like I said, the the pre-painted clicky-type figures. Yeah. There's a game for that. Um, Imperial Assault from uh, Fantasy Flight is kind of... kind of toes the line between miniatures game and board game. Yeah. Uh, but they've got all sorts of figures available for that. My if I've got a complaint about those figures is that they've got a ATST, you know, the two-legged walker in yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that the Imperials use, it doesn't seem quite right to me. It seems a little on the small side, but I think they made that sacrifice so they could fit it in a box. And, yeah. you know, hey, you got to make marketing decisions sometimes. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think that Rogue One, if you have... If it's not in your theater, you're just gonna have to wait for it to come out on Blu-ray because it's worth watching. It's a complete... Rogue One's the the newest one, right? Right, correct. What was the one before that? Uh, one before that was Force Awakens. Okay, gotcha. but but Rogue One is the story of the theft of the Death Star plans. Okay. And it's what? it's worth seeing. Well, for that matter, you know you've got uh, you know you you do have a small boarding action in that movie yeah. and, I, and I won't go into it any further but it's it's all of your angry Star Wars tweets direct them <laughs> please at at the veteran war gamer okay get it right it's just at veteran war gamer at veteran war gamer yeah do not direct them to me um okay no I I, I wish I could join you in a more in-depth conversation about Star Wars bud but no that's fair that's fair. I'm a I'm a Trekkie man. Um, no, I like Star Trek also. Um, I I almost put Wrath of Khan on this list. I've been going. I've been fun. Um, but I I want more than one on one for a starship battle. Yeah. No, fair and, enough. Yeah. But when we do TV series, when we do okay. uh, when we do top faves with Dave on TV series inspiration, yeah. you better believe the original Star Wars or the original Star Trek series is going to be on my list. That's the one you'd pick, the original? Oh, You're yes. an original guy. Oh, oh yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll, we'll 
we'll discuss oh, you know, this in further detail, I'm sure. On, on that episode, yeah. Uh, Nick, yeah, because you're wrong. Um, <laughs> so, there's that. But And I'll be happy to tell you how wrong you are on that episode. Um, that being said, let's before yeah. we get to our number ones, yeah. let's hit our honorable mentions real quick. We'll just run right through them. Uh, okay. Our, our movies, the rules and figures we'd use, and... Um, I think we'll just go right off what we have on our on our list here, right down the line. Does that sound good to you? Yep, that's it. Okay, honorable mentions for me. Uh, it's a Woody Allen movie actually called Love and Death. Uh, Woody plays a minor Russian noble who gets swept up in the Napoleonic Wars. There's some laughably inaccurate moments uh, regarding the mil- the Russian army and the and their conduct during the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, throughout the movie it's got one of the best training scenes or actually two of the best training scenes i've ever seen in any movie Um, okay it's it's just hilarious it's and it's one of his earlier films so you kind of you can kind of feel good about going to see it yeah because you know he made it before he became you know you know boy marriage's daughter yeah yeah, (laughs) creepy creepy pervy stepdad so (laughs) for rules of course you know commands and colors napoleonics or shot steel and stone uh, yeah. I do want to try out Blucher from Sam Mustafa. Uh, then for figures, of course, it's going to be the it's going to be the back of six mil stuff. Okay. All right. No, uh, seeing that on the list made me Google it and made me realize it looks like a satirical stake on uh, War and Peace. Yes. And, um, I uh, I'm gonna have to go watch that. Uh, but quick, quick fire. My next one is uh, a movie called Revolution with Al Pacino, which I thought was an amazing movie when I was 15. And I was like, I've been thinking about that movie often since yeah. I was 15. And I looked it up recently, and apparently it's one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking to people about how great this movie is ever since. Yeah. And every once in a while, someone would be like, yeah, I know that movie. And they just kind of look at me. <laughs> now, I, now I know why, because it's a really bad movie, apparently. Um, but it still made me want to play um, Revolution Era, like... Um, breech load musket air on right. i've yet to be able to get into it because quite honestly when you play historical you end up playing picking periods and if you want to jump to a new period that's a significant investment especially with a revolution style game because then i'm talking about americans and english right you know and if i want to play somebody they've got to have one of them you know right so i've yet to be able to get into it there are a ton ton of um rule sets for it I just haven't gotten into it yet. Uh, one thing That's that what, one thing that might help you out, a company called Compass Games is coming yeah. out with a Commands and Colors version for the American War of Independence. All right. So that might that might scratch your itch for you, and you won't have to worry about getting figures because it's a board game. Oh yeah. Uh, next up on the honorable mentions list is Star Wars, uh, sp- specifically the Death Star Trench Run. Uh, your rules and figures are in one nice little package called X-Wing Miniatures from Fantasy Flight Games. And my brother Chris already has the trench uh, set up, ready to go. Oh, yeah, he, he said that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and we, we played that before, and it was a blast. It was yeah. it was a good time. Uh, if I recall when we played it last, Vader just wrecked house all over the place <sighs> like he should. And, yeah. <laughs> and then he got taken out by a scrub. Just a, t- a total <laughs> scrub pilot. So, yeah. What are you gonna do? Mm. Next up. Yeah, next up. Um, next up is another game I've yet to be able to play, or uh, uh, rather, another 
scenario where I don't even know the game to play, but um, I would like to play something along those lines. Is on um, Master and Commander with mm. Russell Crowe, um, recent, recent, relatively modern movie about um, naval warfare between England and um and France at the Revolution Napoleonic era. Um, right. but um, I'm fascinated with some of those games and some of those um that era because of I people that I find that are into um, those ships are so into every detail of those ships that um, there's really almost a craftsmanship to being into those things. Mm -hmm. And I know that games that, that revolve around that kind of the ship-to-ship combat tend to reflect that intense level of detail. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that'd be fun to really get into, uh, especially having to learn all that, learn how to how your ship would tack to the wind or right. do certain things with certain sails. Um, I've, I've, got, a, I've got the game for you then. What's that? It's called Sails of Glory. Sails of Glory. Yeah, okay. pre-painted ship models. Huh. I haven't played it. Uh, the Meeples crew have talked about it. One of the guys on the Meeples and Miniatures podcast, Mike Whitaker, he is yeah. all about that game. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up. I'm, yeah. uh, I, I know I'll be able to find somebody to play it with me. Yeah. But, um... And I think you can get the. I mean, I I'm not sure. I think it's still being made. Uh, mm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know you can get. Uh, I know you can still get the stuff. Mike Mike mentions all the time the different lots he's able to pick up on eBay for not a lot of money. Yeah. And so you could you should be able to get a starter set. And I think the starter set comes with like four ships. Okay. Uh, cool. Two British, two French, and off you go. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't know I'd learn all these games with this episode. <laughs> that's hey, that's what we're here for. My uh, my final honorable mention is the Thidrend line, uh, mm-hmm. based on the uh, based on the great book of the same title. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chain of Command again, and I mentioned Thin Red Line for one reason primarily, and that is almost nobody thinks about the U.S. Army in the Pacific during World War II. It's all Marines all the time. Yep. But there are way more <laughs> there are way more US Army troops in the Pacific than Marines. Yeah. And uh now I do have full disclosure, I do have a little bit of a bias here because my the unit I deployed with to Afghanistan uh fought in the Philippines and other places during World War Two, so there is a mm-hmm. little bit of uh unit history for me. But uh, yeah, we need U.S. Army in the Pacific figures in a bad way. A long... I agree. We did. We did more stuff there. Yeah. Tweet all of your angry Marine comments <laughs> at Veteran War Camp. <laughs> I agree, man. No, no, they they do need to be. Uh, we do need to be represented there in figure form at least. Yeah. Long... I mean, it's not some great injustice, but I would like to see it as well. Yeah, it's long overdue. Don't. This is not to take away from the great feats that the Marines did pull off, but you know, hey, the U.S. Army was there too. No, um, I'd probably do 15 millimeter because that's for World War II for the most part. That's my jam. Now, yeah. not technically in our honorable mention, but it has to be mentioned. Uh, fantasy movie. We are of course talking about Lord of the Rings, yep. specifically Two Towers. Uh, <laughs> you're talking the GW figures at this point, closer to True 25 than the Warhammer figures. Um, but they are great figures. Um, I made the mistake of not getting on top of the the trailing edge of the craze for Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. picking up a bunch of the plastics when they were dirt cheap. 
Uh, yeah. You go on eBay now, and the collectors are pretty much gobbling them up, and yeah, yeah. you can't get that stuff for cheap anymore. So that's on me. Now, to dovetail into your 13 Assassins discussion, yeah. there's an anime called Ninja Scroll. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what, what, what person who was a teenager in the 90s has not seen Ninja Scroll? They did not try and, like, sneak it out of Blockbuster. Uh, well, no, try and, like, very sneakily hand it to their mom at Blockbuster. Like, hey, mom, rent this for me. And uh, not really try to explain what it was. And, uh, no, yeah, I'm I'm well acquainted with Ninja Scroll. Yeah, yeah, so Ninja Scroll Ninja Scroll actually dovetails real nice with Clan War also because of the demons yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, Ninja Scroll is very much a mature title. If you are uh, listening in the car or at home with your kids, kids, sorry, you're gonna have to wait until you're 17 to watch this movie. It, yeah, it's a very graphic portrayal, of violence, sexuality, language, the whole deal. Yeah. So I think at this point, oh, I have one more. I'm sorry. Oh, hit it me. comes to me. Hit me. Like divine inspiration. Um, Starship Troopers. Uh, I don't know what was that. Uh. What was that? <laughs> Huge fan of the book, not so much a fan of the. Fan, oh. Not so much a fan of the movie. Oh, the movie's great. The movie's fantastic. I it's, believe that the movie is a great representation of what the author's intent was. Uh, I would. That, I would put. <laughs> it, if and when we do novels, if if and when we do novels, I would say that yeah. the, it will be either an honorable mention or in my official list. Okay. I well, I I will go that far with you, but the thing is, yeah, I have to divorce myself so far from the book to watch uh -huh. the movie that it might as well just have a different name altogether. Okay, fair. Um, um now if if but, when I do divorce myself from it, yeah, it's a very it's an entertaining romp. Yeah. yeah. But it's not Starship Troopers. Okay, it might not be, but it's a goofy movie where space people shoot a bunch of space bugs. And that reminds me and makes me want to play 40k which is my first game, which I like to play a lot. Fair and, enough. Uh, so I felt like I need to throw it out there. Fair enough. Well, let's let's get to number one, top okay. of the list, A1, the the big bad dude on the block, as far as we're concerned. And I'll let okay. you do your number one, and we'll finish strong with my number one. Okay. Well, I, well, we'll, we'll start stronger with my number one, <laughs> which is um, uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Now, I'm a big fan of this movie, uh, if not just for the, the really cool striking visuals and the time period, and um, just overall great movie, if you ask me, except you got to ignore the glaring historical inaccuracies and the somewhat, you know, interesting narrative. Um, it's, it's, it's a very good movie. I like it a lot, and it really makes me want to pull out my army and play it because I, I play an army, a, a, a medieval army, of Crusaders, I play mm -hmm. the Templars and the Hospitallers, and um, that's the army I play and I collect and spend a lot of time painting. And I have a ton of fun playing it. And I get my big heavy cavalry that goes really slow. And if they can make it, they'll kill it, whatever they hit. But they got to make it, you know. That's I, I enjoy the aesthetic. I enjoy everything about it. And that movie really just pinpoints dead on, makes me want to play that army. And sure. um, uh, lines. The, medie the medieval games out there, they're a dime a dozen. You've got some, um, you got the one I typically play is uh, Warhammer Ancients, which is the old Warhammer, uh, well, medieval and ancients game. Uh, I've been kind of branching off into Saga, and then we've, next week um, I'm actually playing a game called Sword Point. 
Yeah, it's is, a new uh, one, yeah. Um, yeah, someone just just handed this book out. I was looking at it today. We're going to give it a shot. Now, my army isn't represented in this book yet, but uh, I, I can probably play it as Teutonic Knights or sure. uh, Normans, you know. Um, big heavy knights fit a lot of stuff in uh, medieval Europe. Right. Um, other than that, I can't play my models for it because they're too big. There's a game called um, The Art de Guerre mm-hmm. that a, a buddy of mine plays. Now, that's, I think... Um, 15 millimeter mm-hmm. um, then there's, there's a bunch of other stuff there's a game called Lion Rampant that Osprey makes I think it's a horrible game because it's one of those games where you have to activate your units Yeah. and it's one of those games where if you fail activating a unit your turn's over mm-hmm. so, so you end up with games where you don't do anything the whole game and the other guy just marches forward and kills you and um, it's, that's horrible yeah, I can't. I, a, a game mechanism that doesn't let you do anything. It's, it's the worst game mechanism ever. It's like playing DBA and rolling one. Yeah, at the beginning of every turn. Except it's worse than that because yeah, ah, I hate it. Uh, you might you might check out a game called Sword and Spear. Sword and Spear. Sword and Spear. It it has I don't want to say a randomized activation, but basically you, it's well it's got activation very similar to bolt action. Okay. Except, yeah, that's good. Except it doesn't use specialized dice. It just uses re- just uses regular d6s uh, yeah. of different colors. So you would take red and I would take blue and we put yeah. all our dice in the in a crown royal bag because that's mm. what we that's what everybody uses for a dice yeah. bag and uh, we go from there. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, you know, I I like both actions activation. I like that simultaneous action thing. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the one where you got to roll to see if they do anything, and if you fail the roll. The whole army just sits there. It right. drives me bonkers. I don't even. I, I don't like winning like that. You know, if, if I just walk up a table and you just un, unfortunately rolled three, four times in a row, and I win because of that, that's just no fun. You know. Yeah. But um, that's that game. That's Ryan rampant. Uh, as far as models go, again, Old Glory is a staple. Um, but I do like Perry Miniatures models. They have some classy looking stuff, the medieval stuff. Um, oh yeah. Uh, the problem is you gotta you gotta pay for it. You gotta yeah. ship all that lead over, and that's not fun. That's they are beautiful models though. Yeah. So my number one is aliens. That's good. Uh, <laughs> of course, unfortunately, this past week, actor Bill Paxton died. Who was of rest course in rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Thank you very very much for bringing to life all these great characters on the large and small screen. I'll. You know, anybody using any type of lightly armored human troops in a game is going to quote aliens yeah. during their game. And uh, it's, you know, why don't you, why don't you put her in charge or, you know, in any other number of lines from that movie. So we might as well play a game using aliens. Um, as for rules, I'd probably end up with homebrew. My friend James Earls uh, put together, has been working on a number of years, just for play at uh, my annual gaming weekend, a pretty darn good game. Uh, kind of a hybrid miniatures board game uh, thing going on. But as I mentioned in a previous episode, he just gets it right with the staging of the game and the the rules aren't terribly complex, but they don't need to be because they really get the spirit of the movie correct. Yeah. And as I was playing the game, he 
he had it set up to the point so well that I felt like I was in the movie. And that's that's really cool. that's really what I like to see in a gaming experience where it is an experience. Yeah. I would probably want to do make it more of a co-op game where all the players are the humans and a game master runs the aliens. So you could do uh, so you could do blind deployment for the for the aliens, for example. You know, use the little motion tracker blips and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Space Hulk wouldn't be a terrible choice because let's face it, that is aliens. Yeah, it is aliens, except for the uh... you know, except for the Terminator armor. I mean, yeah, you can replace the figures with uh, your Imperial Guard figures easily enough without any problem. Yeah. Uh, for figures, I would use the Mark Copplestone Grenadier or EM4 Future Warriors Troopers. His mm. more recent re-sculpts under his own Copplestone Castings line would be okay, but the weapons just don't look right Yeah, like they do with the original Grenadier EM4 figures. Mm. Um, for the aliens themselves, for the Xenomorphs, I gotta go with either the Hormigants, the GW Plastic Hormigants, or Gene Stealers. You paint them up right. Uh, especially the Gene Stealers. The only problem with the Gene Stealers is their heads are too big. Their heads are too fat. Yeah. Um, if you don't yeah, mind I, some major modification, you can make that happen, or just say oh, to heck with it. And this is a this is a different brood who's got big heads. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be able to get exactly that look. Yeah. Uh, the um, things that have such an iconic look. Yeah. Um, and that's primarily because they're so easy to get. There have been official aliens and troopers in various scales. Um, not just gaming pieces like, uh, you know, the the WizKids Clicky Hero Clicks mm. game had some official figures, especially the aliens. And the aliens did look pretty good. Um, yeah. They're going to be hard to get at this point. Probably pay a lot for them on on the secondary market. And why go through that when you can get Gene Steelers and Hormigons all day on eBay for dirt yeah, cheap? Yeah, not a very good army too. <laughs> hey, I like the bugs. I like the bugs. No, yeah, they're fine. Uh, although uh, the new Gene Steeler Codex, man, they have done some crazy stuff with it. Uh, I played a game with Kill Team mm-hmm. recently, and they can <laughs> effectively deep strike their whole army. Yeah. Um, just anywhere on the table, man. It's 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 a it's obscene. They it yeah. Uh, so I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm that's sorry. okay. That's okay. <laughs> Not a problem. All right, well, this has been the first episode of Top Phase with Dave. Dave, thanks once again for coming on. No, thank you for having me, bud. I, I really uh, enjoyed it. I really appreciate you uh, taking some, some time out of Mardi Gras to uh, okay. to get on the show. This is being recorded on Mardi Gras. I'm not sure what I'm going to give up for Lent. It's definitely not going to be gaming, but no. uh, <laughs> uh, I should probably... A couple more days. Yeah, I should probably go ahead and and tip one up when I go upstairs. I do have some some cold ones in the fridge that are that are going lonely. So, but anyhow, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure out what our next top fave is going to be. And folks out there listening in podcast land, if you have an idea for a top fave, uh, let us know. Hit us up on the Twitter again at Veteran Wargamer on on Twitter. Uh, look for the Veteran Wargamer. Uh, dot blogspot.com uh, or you can hit Facebook group or Facebook page I should say uh, which you know just do a search for the veteran wargamer let us know what you'd like to hear for top faves uh, with that uh, Dave again thanks 
No, thank you, bud. And thank everybody for um, your near unanimous clamor to have me back on the show. It's it's been a real it's been a real treat having you on, as always. And thank folks you. out there in podcast land, like I've said before, and I'll say again, if the gaming you're doing isn't fun, hey, you make it fun. That is all. Discussion on the blog at theveteranwargamer.blogspot.com. Music courtesy of bensound.com.